Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Morning, people, welcome to the brand new season of It's All Black Academic, season four, and we're very, very excited to be back. Been away for a few months, creating some amazing content, all of which you will be seeing over the next few weeks and few months. So stick with us to check out some fantastic shows we've been filming already for you guys over Christmas and New Year. Um, before we get into our show this week. I want to direct you to our website, blackademic.com. If you've not checked it out, please go and have a look at it. We've got so much content from our previous seasons, some info about the team. We've got our podcast on there as well, our blogs, and so much more as well. We've got our podcast. We're revamping as well, so go and check that out at some point across uh, ACAST, iTunes, and Spotify. We're on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter in particular, so go and follow us if you're not following us already. And if you haven't told your postman, your Uber Eats driver, your, your lecturer at school, whoever, Tell them Blackademic TV to subscribe to us here on YouTube. Right, to kick off the season, I'm really excited about this show because Valentine's Day is coming. We're going to have a discussion around black love and relationships. And to do so, I've got a fantastic panel to kick off the season with me here. I've got singer, songwriter, and now broadcast Jamelia. How are you doing? I'm really good, thanks. thanks how for are you? I'm very well, thank yeah, you very much. Cheers good. for coming on the show. Thanks for I've me. got businesswoman Shari Lee. How are you doing? Good, thank you. you. Well? Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. I've got the podcast uh, host here, David Chambers. Your podcast is called Authentic Dating Series. How are you, sir? I'm feeling very good, thank you. You're good, good. Cheers for coming on the show. And finally, I've got here um, Ebony Douglas, who is in a relationship of three years. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you. Good. Just um, coming on the show, guys. Right. So it's a fact that less or people under the age of 30 are getting married less. This is statistically true. And I found that quite interesting. And I wanted to discuss that and then we can get on to black love and what indeed that is. Um, let me start with you, Shari. Um, do you think the reason as to why more or more people are not getting married who are under 30 um, is due to intimacy issues and in particular the black community? Um, I wouldn't put it down to intimacy issues at all. I actually think it's more to do with independence and people kind of wanting to be more secure in themselves first before entering that kind of space of a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, for me in particular, I think it's been about a discovery for myself um, before I can go into a relationship because I've been in relationships and I've seen um, what not being not having worked on myself has been like. Um, I've learned from those relationships. So I've taken the time to step back work on myself and then realise actually there's no kind of goalpost of when you're meant to be in a relationship. It's more so about 
working on yourself and kind of getting to the place where you can be in a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. um, let me ask you, David, tell us a little bit about your podcast, first of all, and also what trends do you see when it comes to black people and relationships? We're in 2020 now. Are there particular things you're noticing um, regards to relationships and marriage within our communities? Um, so my podcast is about well, our aim is to kind of help men be more kind of self-realized within their, their lives and in their relationships and how they communicate with, with the world. Um, in terms of trends, in terms of relationship, I think, like you were saying, there's like people are getting mad later. But I think a lot of that is to do with personal work they want to do, like understanding themselves, emotional work, looking at their past trauma as well. And I think that one of the things I always say is a relationship is part of your work. It's part of your personal work, doing being in a relationship, because you learn about yourself being in one. Um, I think people are getting married later because social standards are changing. We're not kind of, you know, we're living longer, we're making more money younger, we're being more independent, we're traveling more. So there's not that, like, I need to have children, I need to get married. And I also think there is also a part of it that we're looking at our elders who potentially, if you've come from a home where there was no marriage, that's had an impact on you as well. Mm -hmm. um, Jamelia, you're married. Yeah. What are some of the challenges that you see for people who are single, black people in particular, in terms of trying to uh, get and build a relationship? Do you echo a lot of those points or are there other reasons you feel that are the reasons why people are getting married later? Do you know, what? honestly, I think that um, we live in a time where we have much more opportunity um, and that includes, you know, our access to each other, um, it includes our wealth of choice. And that, I think, is a, both a positive and a negative. Um, um, things like social media, you know, people's relationship are getting mashed up because yeah. they're on social media. And, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, I was attracted to my husband was the fact that he didn't have social media and that was one less issue. Do you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, I, I think that the playing field is very, very different. You know, the world is no longer black and white. We don't have these traditional views of by this time you should get married. And, and I think that's a good thing. You know, yeah. we shouldn't be putting that kind of pressure on ourselves, particularly as black people, as, as you know, everyone said, you know, we've got work to do. Mm -hmm. We've all got work to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and understanding that and acknowledging that is really important. And, you know, yeah, some, that, yeah, we have to do the work. Indeed. Um, Ebony, you're in a relationship, as I mentioned yep. there. What are some of the challenges that you maybe experienced when you were dating your now partner? Um, good and bad challenges. Um, I just wanted to add to that point and then come, it, come back yeah. to that. I also don't want to forget financial in the society as well. We talked, you talked about under thirties, so that could be a challenge as well, especially in my relationship because right now it's not feasible um, to get married because I've recently just started up my agency, my marketing agency, and he's looking for his next career step as well. So I don't want to forget that in terms of the reason as to why perhaps. Um, you know, younger people are marrying less and less, as you mentioned before. Another challenge could be, like you mentioned, social media. Mm -hmm. Also, I think you mentioned about um, self, finding yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I realised being in the relationship for three and a half years now that I will never stop finding myself. I'll also learn something Absolutely. about myself. So I think when I realised that, I was more open because my story is a little bit interesting. We actually met 10 years ago at university. It was an ACS... Uh, rave that we went to, we met there, and then I needed to grow and find myself likewise he did. So the challenge was finding ourselves, and then now we're here and we've been in a relationship three and a half years, so. Okay, um, let me ask you David, as the only man on the panel here, talk to me about <laughs> black men. Let's, let's get to black men now. Um, what are you noticing with regards to 
black men in 2020, um, and again, I'll qualify it with, I know we're not a monolith, we're not all one, one person, but I think you know what I mean. Are there any trends you're noticing amongst black men who are um, looking for partners, yeah. um, being single? Are attitudes changing for a black man today than say they were 10, 20 years ago? I think there's a lot of stereotypes about black men. You know, like they only want one thing and they, they that sort of thing I think is seen as changing is that I think as a men as a whole is that men are looking to tap into more into their emotional sides to learn about that side of self because they see it as so valuable. Right. And they're, they're doing workshops, they're learning. It's like I was at an event that I ran recently and it was about kind of sexual confidence and, and how you can express yourself sexually and emotionally and bring those two things together. And that being part of your personal work, your awareness work. And I'm seeing that more and more black people are coming to, to me and some of the people I know to to find out about that stuff, which that wasn't happening maybe 10 years ago. So more and more black men now are very conscious of the fact that they need to be more correct. conscious, be more conscious. I think this is the movement we're in now, right? Is being more aware, more conscious and bring that into your love life, into your dating life. It's not just something you do over there, the conscious work, the, the, the emotional work, like looking at your beliefs, like it's one of the core things because your beliefs drive your emotions, your emotions drive your actions. So it's like, if you're doing that work, you bring that into your relationship, that's, that's like a, that's an evolving relationship you're creating there. Can you give me like a real life ex example of, of what that actually means in terms of life experience? And yeah, yeah, it could be, you might find yourself as a serial dater, for instance, right? Someone who's just dating, 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 always looking for something better, looking for something different. Maybe underneath all that, your, your belief is actually that relationships don't work. So you, you disguising that as like, oh, I'm looking for someone better, someone more compatible, someone who my friends like or whatever. But actually, at the root of it, you don't believe in relationships, right? Mm -hmm. And that, that's, the, that's the, your belief that's underpinning your actions because it's your emotions are going, oh, I need to find someone else. And your actions are you just skipping from woman to woman or from man to man. So it's like looking at that and going, oh, wait a minute, do relationships work? Where does this come from? Is it because of childhood things I've seen or the media that, or it's just kind of, kind of absorbed into me over the years and doing the work on that and like learning to go, actually, this belief doesn't serve me. Um, sorry, same question to you, regarding women. What are the challenges as someone who, who's, who's single that you experience in trying to find your ideal man? Um, I think for me, it's definitely about um, access and how to meet people. I always find that to be a kind of struggle. I think now we've shifted into this time where everything's really done by social media, kind of a lot of online dating. And if you kind of want to meet someone organically, I think it becomes a lot more difficult. Um, I think as women, sometimes we're so conditioned into this idea as well that we are meant to kind of be the people that are selected as opposed to doing the selecting. Mm -hmm. um, so that always puts you kind of on the back foot as well when you're in a situation where, you know, Number one, people are kind of dating online, so not so ready to come and come talk to you. And then two, that you don't really feel kind of confident enough to go and talk to that man. Um, so I think that's kind of what kind of creates an issue in terms of actually meeting people and kind of getting there from a woman's side. I think otherwise for women as well, I think we're going through a period of kind of development away from what is the black man, I think. Um, I think for so long, our kind of, you know, persona has kind of been stereotyped and defined by our kind of role as this support system to black men. Um, and I think uh, with increasing frustrations about lots of different things, um, women and black women are starting to kind of say, actually, do I need to step away from this and kind of work in a different way or date in a different way as well? So I think that's kind of changing for a lot of black women. And what do we think about the whole, the whole trope of men are trash? 
how, how damaging and dangerous. <laughs> or even true damaging. Do, do you guys think that is? No, you know, every, um, I have to say, like, every time I see or hear that phrase, I, I'm genuinely hurt. Like, mm. I just kind of feel, first of all, I feel the statement men are trash is synonymous with black men. And that I find offensive. And, and the fact that we are the purveyors and we are the people who continue that, it's just, to me, it's a form of self-hate. Mm. And, and it's something, again, it's, you know, it signifies that there is so much work for us to do. I, you know, I'm a mother of three girls. I've got, you know, my eldest is almost 19 and she knows don't, don't ever bring that, that, that <laughs> sentence around, you know, don't say it, don't, don't subscribe to it. Um, you know, I think, I think that whilst yes, as black women, we have a lot of work to do and we need to continue to do the work. I think, I think we should think in terms of supporting and being beside our black men as well and expect it vice versa. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying that we're here to, to be these, you know, service Subservience. women, do you know yeah. what I mean? But at the same time, I think there is so much power in us doing this together and doing the work together um, and, yeah, I, you know, yeah, I, I can't subscribe. I can't, I can't, you know, if someone, if I'm following someone on Twitter and they put that sentence, blacked, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, yeah. Is it, is it, go on, go on. Can I add to that? It's, it's interesting because I see it through, through running the podcast. I speak to a lot of women. A lot of women come to, to us, me and my co-host, and they say, oh, all men, is tr all men are trash, mm. all men are useless. And you see it on like, Instagram a lot. Yeah. And what people don't realise is your focus creates your reality. Absolutely. If yeah. that's where your mind's going, yeah. if your mind's like, all men are trash, all men are trash. And you, you know what? To trash all, no, no, yeah. it's not even just that. That's all you see. Yeah, yeah. of course. If someone tells you that there's loads of red cars outside, in here, you go outside, you're going to see red cars. Yeah. So if people are always telling you and you're listening to this, all men are trash, all you're going to do is find men are trash. But there's also something else in there is that you find what you are. You attract, like, like attracts like. And I think people sometimes, and I don't think just for men, for, it's said about women as well, is that, you know, if you are finding a certain type of person, don't blame outwardly. Go look inside. What's what's going on for me that I keep being attracted to people like this? But are we ready to do that work? Like, are we ready to hold up a mirror to ourselves and say, this is this is what my problem? Because um, I can't remember which one of you mentioned it earlier, but being in a relationship is also part of the work. So I did the work before mm. I entered yeah. into the relationship. My husband thought he did the work before he entered in, into the relationship. And then there's this new identity where you exist within a relationship and you're like, Rah, there's still a lot of work to be yeah. done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, and yeah, and it was that kind of process. Are you willing to do that work now? And it's just mm. like, oh, well, I did the work, mm -hmm. and now yeah. I've got to do more. Yeah. You know, ending. Yeah. it's never ending. The work will continue until you die. Yeah, that's yeah. the day that work ends. <laughs> Just to add to that, the interesting thing to mention as well is where does that come from? Because it could be hurt from maybe there was no dad around for, mm -hmm. the, for the young child or, mm -hmm. you know, when she was growing up and, and vice versa. Yeah. So maybe it's that that needs to be dealt with. I don't know if you can deal with the fact that they weren't around, but you can move on in sure. a sense. Therapy. Um, you can, you can yeah. go to therapy. Exactly. And <laughs> then maybe from there, mm -hmm. you might not say men are trash anymore, women mm -hmm. are trash, and it might evolve into you actually finding someone who you're compatible with. Yeah, but I think the conversation to me is more so not about 
who's trash is also about accountability. And I think that's within our community. So I don't think we should just overlook it. Because while I don't like the term men are trash or women are trash, I don't think we should be talking to each other like that. I don't mm -hmm. think it's helpful in terms of actually trying to move forward if that's what we say we want to do. Um, somewhere. Yeah, but I think there is, we can't kind of overlook that there is an, an issue in our community when it comes to dating and how we kind of relate to each other and that it does take a different level of work. And I think for that to that? kind so of... Like, what, what, what is that difference and what is that work I think, in um, our community? But I, th I think it does stem from you know, generational curses, what we've seen in our families. Um, I think there's a level of communication to be done on both sides. And I think accountability, I think accountability is a big one, which is also the work in sense of kind of being able to take acceptance for yourself, being able to not only speak up, but listen and receive and then action. And that's kind of the accountability. I think sometimes we're missing and it becomes this kind of conflict between the two of us where we should be kind of working together to understand like what the issue is here and what's at hand and how can we move forward. But if neither party are kind of willing to do that and are stuck in their place of, you know, I don't want to take responsibility or this is your fault and this is my fault and wanting the other person, you've got to acknowledge what you've done wrong, then really no one's moving forward, you're not listening and there's no accountability. I, I do think though that we do have to take into consideration when it comes to essentially airing your dirty laundry. Um, we speak on public platforms and we have normalized the term men are trash and as i said it, it has now become synonymous with black men the, the term is men are trash but it means black men are trash and we should not be putting these uh, these phrases out or anything like it you know this is this is our work this is community work this is heart work and we have to do it as a community this is doing the work mm. but going mm. on twitter where your white co-worker can see you saying Black men are trash. Is it doesn't serve us? If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improved jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. 
That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's extremely damaging, and I think so we have to be careful about how we execute the work that needs to be done. Is part of the reason maybe why less people are getting married at a young age is because less people just want to get married full stop. And this idea, it's a bit of a crude term, but I'm going to use it anyway, that I'm hearing from a lot of my female friends is the side piece and the ownership of the side piece, and the fact that some women just don't want to have a long-term relationship. Is there anything wrong with that if a woman or a man decide that I don't really want to be married with someone for the rest of my life, I'm just happy being independent, living my life, and maybe dipping out of people when I, when I, when I feel... <laughs> wrong, wrong turn of phrase there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, just you know, mix up with different yeah. people in their own time whilst they're in control. Is there anything wrong with that? I'd just like to add one point about what the work is. I think part of the work is vulnerability in that is like willing to go, this is who I am and show up as yourself and not as this, your, your ego and your, your kind of bravado in a relationship because that doesn't work. I think one of the reasons people are not really getting married is people don't see marriage necessarily as a valuable institution. It's, it's a legal contract. Mm-hmm. It's not a loving thing. Love is love, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need a contract with the government mm-hmm. to say that I love yeah. someone. Why yeah. do I need that? Um, I think there is a rise of um, non-monogamy, ethical non-monogamy, for instance. Mm-hmm. There's something that's really taking hold in the dating community. It's people going, well, monogamy is a very old term, a very old concept. Does it work anymore? Does it work for me? Because we can individually choose what our relationships look like. And if you want to be non-monogamous, there's plenty of resources to learn about that, what that is. You want to be in an open relationship, you want to swing, you want to be in a triad or whatever. I, I completely agree with you and I believe that, I genuinely believe that everyone should be able to, you know, um, yeah, to, to love in the way that they want to love or have a relationship in the way that they do. But please make sure you're communicating. Please make sure you let me know 100%. that you'll be non, non-monogamous. And yeah. I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, you know? I, I'm currently... Like, this is coming I'm from someone who's really... clearly been on the other side. Yeah. Of yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm currently in a non-monogamous relationship, right? Uh. And... We communicate this from the start, from the very beginning. We communicate mm. it all the time. We're always communicating. If anything, mm. this work that I'm doing now in this relationship is, is communication at its highest level of, of your fears, your worries, your concerns, all the time. Always being willing to sit down and look at someone and go, hey, are you okay? How are you feeling? What do you need, what do you need from me? What do you need to say? And I think, I think it's that people have desires that they want, so maybe they want something non-monogamous, but they're either hypocritical about it, because they want it themselves, but they don't want their partner to have it, or they're afraid to actually say, this is what I need. Yeah. I think that openness is easier said than done. Though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's of, very And that's the problem, There's a lot it? of tears, yeah. there's a lot of difficult conversations, like on my side and on my partner's side, but it's, it's like, this is what we've chosen to do, and when we choose not to do it, we'll, we will communicate, we've chosen to not do that anymore. I'm gonna ask all four of you, um, one at a time, but I'll start with you, Ebony. What's black love? What does black love mean to you, should I say? Black love means to me what love means to <laughs> in a relationship between a man and a woman. But for me, black love in particular is important because of the situation that I feel we're in in the US and in the UK. I think I was looking at some statistics and I saw that in the US, um, black men are twice as likely to intermarry um, in comparison to black women. Um, what does that, that mean? Sorry. So, sorry, Don't marry outside. Uh, the race, the race. So my outside oh, okay, the race okay. than women and I think that really struck a chord with me because when I was growing up I did used to see a lot more inter- 
racial marriages, not necessarily more relationships, I'm just talking specifically marriages. Um, and I feel like there's something about black marriages, black love, for me as a black woman, that makes me just really feel how, like, yes, like mm -hmm. this is what's happening. It's just, you know, because it's a generational thing, because culture-wise there's, you know, I'm not saying that there's any confusion when you're, you know, not outside of marriage, but in black love, I just think it's powerful, especially because of the situation we're in. So for me, as much as love between a man and woman, for, or with every, <laughs> Whoever, whoever um, is important, black love for me as a black woman is important because it's different. Uh, Shari? Um, it's everything, I think. Black love is um, everything to me as someone that's so rooted in my community. Um, it's our preservation. Um, it's our survival. So I think it's seeing black love, I think, you know, we've seen our image kind of destroyed and the representation of black love really kind of torn down, I think, in the public view, not necessarily around you. You might see kind of people in black relationships, but I think publicly, we rarely see that. We rarely see the, you know, the family together. And we also know, you know, kind of the institutional things that were put in place to separate black love. So it's important that we kind of grow and continue to maintain it and fight for it. Um, and I think even on a deeper level than just representation, for me, I, I always come from a perspective of thinking of our, our community in terms of generational wealth. How do we grow, right? If, we, if black love doesn't exist, there is no generational wealth in our community, ultimately, um, because what does your family look like in two or three generations, so. Jamila, what's it been to you? For me, black love is, it's, it's revolutionary. Like I genuinely feel that it's a it's a symbolic communication of you committing to yourself and your people and your legacy. You know, it's it's saying that you know I'm here. I want to build. I want to build for us. Like it's the the symbolism. Like you, you know, you mentioned when you see black people getting married. It's you. It's it's you seeing yourself. It's you seeing yourself being loved, and and. Okay, for instance, I grew up without, um, without a dad in my life. So to have a black man love me, you know, is like, I've never felt so powerful. I've never felt so incredible and I've never felt so committed to black men. And it is because I have been loved and therefore it's like, I have to promote this. I have to ensure <laughs> that everybody gets to feel and know what this looks like, feels like, you know, that my daughters have an example. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, you can see, yeah, it's, it's a lot, <laughs> like, And then, what does it mean to you? I, I really took it as like, um, it's like self-love actually, loving yourself as being black, mm -hmm. you know, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of rhetoric and there's a lot of, of story out there that can make you not love yourself as being black actually you know and it's like self-love it's loving your community it's loving yourself enough to to love your history as well and learn about your history not just from a kind of brutal point of view but look at the loving the the education you know like we were talking about you know some of the history of africa like go and learn about it yeah. you know pick up some books travel there mm. don't just assume okay you know oh there's that separate part um i think there's also and, and that's right, that, that can't happen unless you're in a black on black relationship for you no, I don't necessarily think that's true. I don't think that's necessarily true. But I think one one's own love of oneself, you can develop, you know, of your own community and learning about that. Like, I think there's a flip side. Is that is there an element that are we trying to kind of demonise people who don't date black people? You know, in, in talking about black love, because that can be a side. Like I've dated, I've dated outside of my race, and there's times where I've been made to feel bad about that. And, I, and I've always kind of had this relationship. It's like, well, love to me is love. You know, I love all people. 
I want to love. I want all people to experience love, you know, not just love from their own people. I want I want to create acceptance for everybody. So it's just like seeing how we talk about it and just being careful we don't alienate people who are are our people as well. And how damaging you mentioned the, the, the portrayals in the media. How important is it that? We do see the black family units and black couples on TV, you know, online more and more because we're seeing it less and less is what I'm seeing. Yeah, no, I think it's um, so important. We like we were talking earlier literally about Queen and Slim coming out. And I think just seeing the reactions from people, <laughs> you just know that like just Media being able to see. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> Go and see it now, yeah. like after like, this episode. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think seeing like two dark skinned people, not just, you know, two black people, but two dark skinned yeah. people on camera like loving each other and and saying that they want to be together and fight for each other I think that is something that I think people are kind of almost gobsmacked I went and saw um, if Bill Street could talk and another beautiful scene that you know so beautiful yeah um, and it, it is it's just literally you can see like all the kind of black people in there kind of swooning <laughs> at, the, at the screen at just being able to witness actually black people in love and saying actually this is real because a lot of the time the media will have you can feeling conditioned that this is not real that it doesn't exist that there's no love lost between like black men and black women mm -hmm. whatsoever and that we don't want to engage with each other on any level um, and I think that can be so damaging if you kind of internalize that and that's all you're getting that's getting fed to you mm. um so it's really really important to be able to kind of see and witness i think um just visually represented you know seeing black love and black people together we often jamila see famous people on television who mm -hmm. are black um they may be in sports entertainment whatever yeah. and a lot of the time you'll see yeah. people who are not with a black partner mm -hmm. this could be a man or woman whatever yeah why do you think when you get to a certain class or a certain level of profile, mm. a lot of people tend to not, and tend's the wrong word, that, that's not fair. But I think often, tend's I, fair. Okay, <laughs> I use the word tend. Yeah. Often, let's say that, often mm. mm -hmm. they're not with a black partner. Why do you think that that, that tends Okay, to so someone who has existed in both worlds, I think it's, you know, it's about when you get to a certain level of fame you are afforded a certain level of privilege and therefore you can connect with people outside of your race who are also enjoying the same privilege they don't have to be on the same level as you but they enjoy a privilege now you know we, i'm sure we'll probably go into interracial uh, dating but it's it's about enjoying privilege that that's what i think you know when um, and, you know, please, you know, I mean, yeah, they'll probably kill me in the comments for saying this, but I feel like when you enter into an interracial relationship, you are enjoying privilege by proxy. And, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying what that feels like. Um, for me, I feel like committing and publicly committing to black men and declaring my love for black men is not necessarily beneficial to me and my career. But that being said, it's beneficial to me and my people. It's beneficial to my daughters. It's beneficial to anyone who might look at me and see me. And I feel like, I don't know, I'm one of those people that will see, you know, the person who's made it, then turn up with a white woman and you're just like, oh. You're disappointed. Yeah. I'm disappointed. And, and, I, and, and I, I should be allowed to be honest about that. And we all should be allowed to be honest about our feelings. That's another thing, like, black people love cancel culture and love, like, you know, but we need to have conversations. We need, I need to be allowed to say, that I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling like it. It, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't make me feel good. But also, it's about why, why are you so offended? Why, you know, and I'm talking to myself here, why 
do you have a problem with somebody tapping into their access to privilege? Hey, you. Um, Shari, talk, when you're, you're, you're currently single, as I mentioned earlier on, what are the kind of men that you are looking for? And what, what are the expectations that you as a woman, and as a black woman, mm. you won't compromise on? And are you seeing that out there? Um, I think for me, that's a bit of a difficult one, but I suppose I, I know what I want. My What I want is kind of definitely shifted. I think before, you know, you have like a really kind of basic list, don't you, of what you want, you know, oh, good looking, job, like very basic list of, you know, the things you're looking for when you start. I think now my it's definitely shifted. It's more so kind of, what are your core values, what are your beliefs, um, what are your politics, what are you thinking about in terms of family and how would you like to see a family run? And that's kind of more so what I'm looking at, looking for. Um, I think that makes it harder to find somebody because it means that you're actually trying to not have a kind of really quick relationship by swiping right. You're actually really trying to get to know somebody and what they stand for. Um, and I think it's harder to kind of get people to come out their share and show you that straight off the bat sometimes. So that makes it difficult. Um, so final couple quick ones. Um, David, has social media and in particular dating apps made um, uh, relationships and dating easier for men? Um, no, actually. I would say that you know, for, there's a large swath of men that are finding it very difficult. I think I have a concept, a theory, I believe, that it's the men who are always doing well with women in the world of online dating, they're just doing better. They're getting more women. And the men that aren't doing well, they're just getting less because everyone's open to a bigger pool. So I think Tinder did some research and they found out that's like the top 10% of men are getting 80% of the women on there. And the Whoa. bottom 10% of men uh, are like, you know, dealing with a far smaller pool that they can get. So I'd say that, you know, online dating has had some really great effects, like you can meet people you would never normally meet in life. Um, but it's also having that we become very disposable with, with dating and the paradox of choice is becoming very, very deep and strong in dating now because people have so much choice that they can't choose. It's like <laughs> you go on a, you could go on a different date every day for a, a, a year maybe even if you really want to, you know, if you really put yourself out there. But real relationships are about depth. It's about meeting someone, getting to know them, being vulnerable with them, and then dropping in deep into your relationship, allowing the woman to surrender her heart to you and you being able to hold a safe space to hold her. And the problem now with online dating is that people are looking for that quick fix. We're addicted to climax. I want a great date. Oh, it's a great date, cool. But if the date's not absolutely amazing, I'm not blown away, I don't want to see them again instead of actually putting in the work and working at things. Okay, um, just we've got to wrap up. The final question to yourself, um, Ebony. Uh, the black family unit, mm -hmm. how we've spoken about why the, uh, the, the black couple unit is important. Yeah. Why for you is the, is the extended family unit important? It's, but in terms of a positive portrayal of what people see, and just seeing black man, black woman, two kids that are black, why is that important to you? It's important to me because I see it as a domino effect. So I see that if it starts, because it starts from home in my opinion, so if you know the children see that black family unit, then there's less hurt, then there's less likely for them to say men are trash or women are trash, and then it's just a domino effect that becomes positive. Also because of the portrayal in the media, I think you mentioned about how we don't often see it in the media, so we have to do it at home. So that's why I think the black family unit is important for me. Brilliant. Guys, that was great. Thank you very much for your time. Julia, Shari, Ebony and David. Cheers for coming on the show this week. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the channel here, Blackademic TV, across all the socials as well. And go and check out our website, blackademic.com as well. Until next week, peace.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.